Welcome to Wednesday, September 21, 2022. Welcome to The Robert Rees Show. On today's show, Robert discusses, Space Force has an anthem now, Governor DeSantis of Florida is being sued by migrants, and today is National and World Miniature Golf Day. Okay, so the sixth branch of the military has just released their new anthem, Space Force, or as I like to call it, Space Force. It just rolls off the tongue better. So President Trump, one of the accomplishments he did as president was that he created a sixth branch of the military. The reason why I'm even bringing this up right now at this point is because I actually just talked to somebody who follows the news and everything. And about a month ago, we had a conversation where I told them about Space Forces. I don't know. I was saying something about Space Force. And they go, what's Space Force? I was like, the newest branch of the military. And they were like, I've never heard of it. And we went into this whole thing. And I was like, you haven't heard of Space Force? Like, it's almost a parody. It's almost like uh, like it's not real. And he was like, what do you, what do you mean? And I was like, well, have you, I mean, first of all, it's called Space Force. Like, Space Force. Like, it just seems like it's very, uh, well, like a sitcom or something. But then I, I showed him the logo of Space Force. And he goes, that's Star Trek's logo. I'm like, exactly. And I said, you know what they call the the recruits, the, the enlisted? And he was like, I have no idea. Cadets? I go, well, they're cadets if they're in school. But once they graduate, they're enlisted. They're called guardians. And he was like, you're kidding me. And I was like, nope, they're guardians of the galaxy. And uh, like he, did, he this was all brand new to him. So they have new uniforms they, inter- they introduced recently. Now, yesterday, they introduced their new Space Force anthem. So here you go. Okay, I got to be honest. Uh, when I first heard it, I was like, ooh, boy, that's a little hokey. That's a bit hokey. Sounds a little bit like 1950s Captain America. Uh, <laughs> some sort of like USO tour type of a deal. I don't know. It was very, it just, it just didn't come off very good. And you know what? Just about every review I was seeing on it was just ripping it. Sounds like something that Mel Brooks would write. Uh, it sounds like, uh, you know, it just, nobody, nobody liked it. Nobody liked it. But then I was like, you know what though? The military anthems for a call are not really like what you're going to be like, Ooh, I got to play this on repeat. You know, it's not like that kind of a, kind of a deal. So with that, uh, here is, uh, here's the other ones. Here's air force. Let's just hear part of this one. Thunder, Adam, boys, give her the gun. 
Okay, and now here's the Marines. The Navy. Coast Guard. Wrap it up with the army. March along, sing a song with the army of the free. Count the brave, count the true, who have fought to victory. We're the army and proud of our name. Now, now that you've heard the existing anthems for the existing for the previous five branches of the military, let's listen to Space Forces again and see if it gives you a different different vibe. Yeah, so I don't know about you, but for me, after listening to it a second time, after I heard the previous anthems, I'm like, okay, it fits. I still might not like it. it has this weird vibrato in the singing part of there, but uh, but okay, all right, I get it. Now, here's the other thing, though. The lyrics. Let me let me read the lyrics to you, because this is what the part is like. Oh boy, I I don't know what uh, I I don't know if we. Okay, here you go. We're the mighty watchful eye. Guardians beyond the blue. Because remember, they're called guardians. Guardians beyond the blue. The invisible front line. War fighters brave and true. Boldly reaching into space. There's no limit to our sky. Standing guard both night and day. We're the space force from on high. Uh, 
Uh, there you go. I, I don't know. Uh, now, part of the thing here is this does give into, and by the way, the, the official name of the song is Semper Supra. Okay, that's the official name of the song. But here's the thing. Uh, it's, it, it is trying to allude to a little bit what they're doing. Obviously, they're going to be working in space, so it's like beyond the blue, uh, boldly reaching into space. There's no limit to our sky, things like that. And then Space Force from on high, so it's way up there again. But then it has this invisible front line. So one of the, the main mandates of Space Force is pertaining to cyber cybersecurity and securing particularly the satellites that are in space. So at least for now, that is one of their main objectives. And so that's what's got this invisible front line. That's what they're talking about that. And they're the mighty watchful eye because they're, they're, they control the, the satellites and stuff like that. So... I don't know. Overall, uh, I get. I, I think uh, I like the Guardians' description. It's not a banger. Response to Space Force official song is less than stellar. <laughs> I think that headline says it all right there. So now they have an anthem. Uh, now they've actually had, I believe, their either second. I think they had. They've had their second group of cadets who've graduated now. So they've got a group of Guardians. And so now they're ready to uh, they're ready to rock and roll with Space Force. Now it is time for today's old timey news. Russian President Vladimir Putin has ordered a partial mobilization of Russian reservists and hints that using nuclear weapons is still possible. The United Kingdom states that Russia is admitting their willingness to use nuclear weapons is a clear indication that they are losing the war in Ukraine. The Federal Reserve meetings are going on now and they're expected to raise rates another three quarters of a point and reduce cash in the markets. Migrants flown to Martha's Vineyard have filed a class action lawsuit against Governor DeSantis of Florida saying that they were coerced. DeSantis responds to the lawsuit by calling it political theater. New York Attorney General Letitia James rejected a settlement offer from the Trump Organization and is expected to make a major announcement sometime today. James has been investigating the Trump Organization for tax fraud. The Washington Monument has been vandalized with profanity in red paint. A man is in custody. The FDA is warning TikTok users to not follow the latest TikTok challenge. Sleepy Chicken is where users are cooking chicken in NyQuil and eating it. The FDA warns that doing so can be harmful to your health. And in sports, Aaron Judge joined a very small club of home run hitters last night by hitting his 60th homer against the Pirates. For your big stories to talk about today, the U.S. southern border saw 2 million migrant encounters for the first time in a fiscal year. And what's uh, informative about this situation is already the Border Patrol is saying that they're seeing more encounters than what we were seeing last year. We've had 2 million migrant encounters. Now, here's the interesting thing. When you look at it, uh, you think, well, well, these are people seeking asylum. This is, uh, there's all these, we got to help these people. That's true to some extent. But. For example, last month was a record month for migrant encounter, account, encounters, 203,598. Out of that 203,000, 181,000 were people who entered the country illegally and were apprehended. A much smaller portion, only 22,000, 
were migrants and asylum seekers processed at legal ports of entry. And we still have a month left of the fiscal year, by the way. So we've encountered more than 1.2 million migrants already, which beat last year's fiscal year, where we had, uh, which was a record, 1.7 million migrant encounters. And like I said, we still have one more month left. So if we get another 200,000 individuals who are encountered at the border, either apprehended or coming through the legal ports of entry, then we'll be at 2.3 million migrant encounters. A a solid, you know, it, anywhere between five and 600,000 more migrants that have come to the country. The other scary thing about this is that um, we've had a large number of them that were released into the country because remember Biden got rid of Trump's stay in Mexico policy. So basically if they, if they were apprehended, then they said, well, we're here on asylum. We're, we're claiming asylum. They go, okay, well, we'll have to have a trial to uh, a hearing, excuse me, not a trial, but a hearing to determine whether or not you will be granted asylum. While you're awaiting your hearing, since we're so backed up, we need, you know, you got 2 million hearings you got to do. Uh, since we're so backed up, uh, I'll tell you what, just go on. Go ahead. You just go into the country. Go get a job. Go get a house. Go get some utilities. Have some babies. And put your kids in public school. And uh, go ahead and apply for Medicaid. And uh, it'll, it'll all be good. And then we'll have your hearing in nine months to a year. And then, uh, depending on how the hearing goes, we'll determine whether or not you'll be able to stay or not. How's that sound? Great. Trump's stay in Mexico policy was, yeah, great. So you want asylum? No problem. We're going to put you back in Mexico. And we'll, when we have your hearing, we'll determine whether or not we'll allow you in to the country. Well, because Biden got rid of the Remain in Mexico policy, they've been releasing these individuals back into the United States. And guess what? A record number have also not showed up for their hearing. They're just here in America somewhere. And they have no track of them. They being the, the United States government has no track of where they went. Uh, got this here. Uh, about one million of the migrants encountered at the border have been expelled to Mexico or another country subject to Title 42. Title 42 was, it, it is a bill um, that is meant to, well, it's actually, yeah, uh, it's a bill that's meant to try to prevent communicable diseases from getting into the country. So basically, if a migrant was encountered and they had COVID or they came from a place where there was a COVID spike, then you could keep them from coming in. And the, and so the, all they did was just, okay, there's no there's no like penalty or anything like that. It's just you can't come in. So 1 million out of the 2.1 were expelled to Mexico or some other country because they because of COVID or it could have also been some other communicable disease. Now, this is why when uh, the, basically the, the chief, the Border Patrol chief has told his agents that once Title 42 goes away, which is what the Biden administration wants to do, they want to get rid of the Title 42, He's told his agents already, once Title 42 goes away, just re start releasing the people that you're detaining. Just release them into the country because it'll be too overwhelming. 
So instead of expelling nearly 50% of the people, they'd have to try to detain them, and that ain't going to happen. So that's the update with that part. Now, as it pertains to the migrant encounters and, and migrants, uh, Governor DeSantis and other Florida officials under fire for flying migrants to the Poshy Martha's Vineyard. And they had actually stated, the, the, the Florida officials actually came out and, and defended their actions. They said, so, so first of all, let me sh- share this because some people are getting confused. These were actually not migrants in Florida. These were migrants that the Florida National Guard has gone to Texas and to Arizona to help with the border situation over there. And so the Florida National Guard has ident- you know, identified people. And then they were like, okay, we've got these migrants. What do we do? And that's when Florida's officials said, well, let's send it to Martha's Vineyard. And so with the backlash about Martha's Vineyard, this is the Florida officials' statement pertaining to it. The groups in Texas that we've identified, the majority, if not all of the individuals that originated in Texas and ended up on the flight in Martha's Vineyard, were indeed homeless, hungry, sleeping outside in parking lots. Many have been in a shelter at some point previously and had been kicked out, did not have a place to go, and were essentially wandering homeless along the border. Okay, so this is the group of people that they flew to Martha's Vineyard. They've basically been homeless, and a lot of them have kids. Some of them are individuals, but they were essentially homeless. They were hungry. They were sleeping outside in parking lots. And this is the group they flew to Martha's Vineyard. So, hey, now now you get to go to a poshy, nice area where people have money and they'll be able to take care of you. Or not. No, instead, just backlash. And the backlash continues. There is now a class action lawsuit filed on behalf of these migrants against Governor DeSantis and Florida officials. <laughs> Say what? Yeah, what, what are they, why are they suing? They're saying that they were coerced into going to, uh, uh, going to, to, to Martha's Vineyard. The lawsuit alleges that Governor DeSantis designed and executed a premeditated, fraudulent, and illegal scheme centered on exploiting this vulnerable vulnerability for the sole purpose of advancing their own personal financial and political interests. Really? Really? So you're, you're, you're telling me here that the these migrants who've been homeless, who, by the way, they've also identified, have mostly come from Venezuela. So these migrants who are mostly from Venezuela, a communist country, that doesn't allow free education, like the the, the, the free ex- exploration of education. A communist country that doesn't even have toilet paper on the shelves half the time. No food. They feel oppressed. They walked their way to the United States. They come in illegally. They get apprehended. Or they were put in a shelter, but they don't have a place to go. So they end up being homeless. You're telling me these guys, these guys, they're the ones that are so politically, sa- uh, uh, l- uh, sorry, legally savvy. They're legally savvy to say, he's exploiting us. He's exploiting us. Really? No. 
Nope. Now this is some greedy, corrupt, politically motivated attorney. An opportunistic attorney who sees a way of getting his name in the news and maybe being able to win some money. He told these guys that that basically they are fighting for $75,000 each. Really? I, I just, it kills me. It cracks me up actually. Uh, because I'm like, really? One of them allegedly says that they've been preyed upon and hoodwinked. Really? So you don't like Martha's Vineyard is what you're telling us. You'd rather go back to Venezuela. Okay. All right. Sound fine. We'll send you back to Venezuela then. What? You feel like you're hoodwinked. You don't like Martha's Vineyard, one of the nicest places in the United States. So, and, and then you want to sue a governor and and, a, and Florida and state officials over it, then I'll tell you what. Sure, go forward with your lawsuit in Venezuela. Bye-bye. All right, let's, see how, let's see how quickly they're willing to continue with this lawsuit or how willing they are to continue this lawsuit if they're being told they have to go back to Venezuela to, to complete it. We have got to do something about our frivolous lawsuits in the United States. This is a frivolous lawsuit. You are homeless. You are homeless on the border. And you feel like you were hoodwinked? You ingrate? I mean, this is, this is the definition of ingrate. Because I don't care if there's some greedy attorney who comes up to them and goes, hey, look, I can get you some money. They did, did, all you got to do is tell me that they coerced you. All you got to do is tell me they did this. You're ingrateful. You're ungrateful if you accepted that. You'd be like, no, I'm just gl- glad that I'm given an opportunity to be up here and it's better than being burning up down on the border and sleeping in a parking lot. So, yeah, I, I'll take this anytime. No, uh, I'd, I'd send him back. I'd, I'd be try. I'd be trying to. Now I would be hoodwinking him. I'd be trying to find him. And go. All right, you're right. We'll 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 take you to Boston. We got these great jobs. Now from Boston, we're gonna take you to Venezuela. I'm not gonna tell him the second part though. <laughs> like, bye bye, ingrates. Uh, finally, here as you as it pertains to this this whole ordeal, we still have to point out the hypocrisy I was talking about the other day. The hypocrisy that. These are the same things that the Biden administration was doing. Taking immigrants from the border. The border was overwhelmed. You had 10,000 people at one point living under certain bridges. And so they said, man, we got to relieve the congestion down there. They were taking people and they were sending them to places like Jacksonville, Florida. They were sending them to Utah. They were sending them to Arizona and Colorado, to, to northern parts of Arizona and then Colorado. They were sending them all over the place to relieve congestion down at the border. But they were mostly were sending them to other conservative places, Republican-run places, Republican-run places that have been saying, "We want you to secure the border and not allow migrants into the country." And you're and you're saying, "Eh, we're not only just going to allow them to come into the country, we're going to purposely bring them to your state, not the states that are Democrat-run, who are okay with open borders. Nope, we're going to bring them to the Republican-run states. That's bullcrap." And it's hip- hypocritical, and it's malicious. Mainstream media doesn't cover it. Uh, speaking of homeless, one story I want to bring up: we, you know, everywhere around the country seems to be dealing with more and more homelessness. We saw this during the Obama years. We're now seeing it during the Biden years. There's an uptick in homelessness happening all over the place. The Obama years is when we started getting tent cities set up, right, in places like California, Seattle, and other places like that. And those tent cities have not gone away. They got relieved a little bit, but 
that's kind of become a, a new norm that some people just cannot afford housing and they just move into tents and you've got these tent communities popping up. It's starting to happen again. We're getting more homeless, a, a bigger uptick in homelessness. And Denver now has a new plan to address homelessness there. They've identified 140 homeless individuals, which is actually not a lot for Denver, but they've identified 140 homeless people and they're going to give them $1,000 a month each in cash as part of a new basic income program. They are getting, they have $2 million from a, for a pilot program allocated from the American Rescue Plan. You know, the American Rescue Plan that was meant to help us recover from COVID. The American Rescue Plan that has now been identified as being the one, main, one of the main factors that launched us into hyperinflation. Yeah, that thing. Okay, so they're going to give them $1,000 a month in basic income. Now, this is something that, if you remember, during the Democrat primary, Andrew Yang, who now has started his own separate party, Andrew Yang talked about having, like, that was his platform. We need to have some sort of universal basic income. And Republicans are like, that's ridiculous. That's crazy. I can't even believe this is being discussed. Even Democrats were like, yeah, that guy's not going anywhere. Since then, we hit COVID hit. And when COVID hit, eventually they passed the CARES Act, which didn't have universal basic income, but it did offer straight cash to every American. And we did it twice or three times, three times. Um, and then, you know, because the American Rescue Plan came out and did, uh, did something similar too. So it's like, okay, now all of a sudden people started seeing this and you're starting to get local communities like Denver trying to come up with universal basic income plans. Recent research came out that shows that universal basic income where every citizen gets X dollars a month could actually work as a, as a, uh, as a bolstered welfare program. However, there's a big caveat here. Universal basic income could work as a, as in a successful welfare program. If you get rid of all the other ones, you get rid of Medicaid and food stamps and all this, uh, you know, housing vouchers and child support vouchers and all these other things. You get rid of all that stuff. Then you can do universal basic, basic income. Otherwise, if you do both, you keep all those other welfare programs in place, plus you do UBI, you basically break the country. It's just too, too expensive. But some communities around the country are trying to do it on their own. Some cities. They're usually smaller cities. Uh, Denver being the largest city so far that's trying to implement at least a pilot program pertaining to universal basic income, and they're just doing it for homeless, for the homeless. So they're going to have $1,000 a month for a year for 140 people who are homeless in Denver. Here's the thing, though. If you're familiar with Denver, you know that Denver's re like real estate is outrageous. Denver's cost of living in general is outrageous. Like $1,000 seems like, hey, that's pretty nice. But when you're already homeless, it's not even going to hardly do anything for you. Like it's, it's, it's going to take them a while, take them a few months to just build up enough money to have first month's rent. But then they got to have security deposit too. So it's going to take them almost the full year of getting $12,000 trying to actually buy food, 
you know, maybe there might be some addictive substances they're purchasing as well. Uh, and so it's trying to save up whatever they can after that. It'll probably take them almost a full year to have enough money saved up to even get a new place. And then how are they going to afford the new place? They don't have a job. I, I don't know what the plan is. This seems very strange to me. But there you go. It's Robert's Random Facts. All right. Uh, random Facts today. 97% of clothes and 98% of shoes in the United States are imported. Oh, really? Yeah, that's not a big surprise. It's way cheaper to make clothes and shoes in other countries than it is here. Barbara Walters has won three NAACP Image Awards, all for The View. The longest-serving mayor in the United States, as far as we know, is Bob Blaze. He's been mayor of Lake George, New York, since 1971. He's 85 years old. And he says he's serving his final term. He'll leave office next year. There are several colleges in the United States where you're required to pass a swimming test to graduate. That's right. It includes three Ivy League schools. Cornell, Columbia, Dartmouth, MIT, Bryn Mauer, and Swarthmore. That's right. you got to pass a swimming test in order to graduate. I think that's actually kind of interesting. Like, we're teaching you life skills. One of those life skills in college that you need to know is how to not drown like that i think that's actually pretty pretty educational the fastest animal in the world is actually not a cheetah no it's the peregrine falcon it flies at 242 miles per hour that's the fastest animal in the world but the cheetah is the fastest land animal it runs 75 miles per hour but when you compare it to all other animals even though it's the fastest land animal it's only the 12th fastest overall. Sorry, 11th fastest overall. I butchered that one. All right, uh, so today's national holiday of the day. Uh, there's lots of different things going on today. Today is International Day of Peace, for example. Uh, today is uh, Miniature Golf Day. Ah, yes. Who doesn't like a good game of miniature golf with all the little, uh, the little funky tricks and things in order to try to get the uh get the ball into the hole the origins of mini miniature golf by the way are not completely known uh so many ideas came from a lack of inclusion and mini golf is no exception so they think that's might be where it came from from maybe women who were not allowed to play golf golf back in the day they, they uh, started trying to come up with a way to participate with golf but not play golf and so it, it, they started putting around, and that is pro that's where they think it, it came about back in 1867. So very interesting. Uh, and then also today is um, a National Hannah Day, National Brittany Day, and National Christina with a K Day. And so uh, it's my sister's name, so I just wanted to say uh, happy Christina Day, Christina. There you go. Uh, today is National School Backpack Awareness Day. Uh, I which I'm like, what is that about? Well, it's about wearing your backpack properly, otherwise it can mess up your back. Okay. And today is also World Gratitude Day. Uh, day to start uh, living a life of gratitude as we're starting to head into the winter months. Tomorrow being the uh, first day of fall. <laughs> Now, it's time for today's sign of the apocalypse. All right, today's sign of the apocalypse. You know, uh, a couple days ago, the queen was buried, and all eyes in the world were on the queen's funeral. 
and were, were they were remembering her life and reminiscing about all of her accomplishments and all the things that she did. And you could talk to random people on the street and they say, and you say, uh, "Tell me something about Queen Elizabeth II." And they'll spat off some sort of fact, like, "Oh, she served for seventy years and she did this and she did." And they'll they'll have all these different facts and everything like that. However, fewer than half of Americans can name all three branches of government. Uh Uh-huh. Worse than that, a quarter of Americans surveyed cannot name a single branch. Legislative, judicial, executive? Nah, what what is that? Why do you keep on mumbling out weird words? (laughs) Why do you just... uh, uh, Oh, my goodness. This survey found a decline in the number of respondents who could name any of the five freedoms guaranteed under the First Amendment, 26 per, 26% of respondents couldn't even name any First Amendment freedoms. Here's the thing I would like on this uh, this thing. It's not necessarily so upsetting that Americans don't understand the some of the basic foundations of U.S. government. That That's not even the biggest concern to me. The biggest concern to me is they're probably voting. All right, that does it for today. Talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for joining me, and be sure to subscribe to this podcast.